Blog Talk Radio. Excuse me, uh, yes sir, I understand, but do you actually have the word yes in your vocabulary? I guess it started when I was a kid. If you said I couldn't do it, I did. Always had a stubborn streak, put a wall in front of me, and I'll find a way to get around it. There was a friend who said I'd never make the team. A lot of small town talking said I'd never leave. Oh, and you know who you are. You all play the part in pushing me on to my dream. told me no Pack it up and get back home It kept me going Knowing I would prove them wrong Yeah, I knew it all along Without a mind of giving up a long time ago And so I want to thank everyone Who ever told me behind the desk He said, sorry what you got I just don't get Oh, but here I am today Standing on this stage And I wonder even now If he gets it, yeah I want to thank everyone Who ever told me no Pack it up and get back home It kept me going Knowing I would prove them wrong yeah, I knew it all along Without a mind of giving up a long time ago And so I want to thank everyone who ever told me no
it is Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And if it's Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, that means that it is time for Off the Chain. I am your host, Yvonne Mason, and we are starting a new week in this first month of a new year. I am so pleased that each and every one of you are here because, as I say at every show, this is not my show. It's your show. You, the listener, you, the guest. Collectively, all of you all have made this show the success that it is, and I am so humbled and so proud that we are going into our third year. In July will be three years that this show has been going, and because of all of you all, we are heard in over 200 countries with over 250,000 listeners with this show plus all the podcasts this show goes up on, and it is it's amazing that the reach this show has and, and the exposure that all of the guests get that come on this show. There's two ways you can get on this show. One, you can come on as a guest or and or you can become a sponsor for the show. And those of you that become sponsors for the show, no, I'm not out to get rich off of you. That's not my intent. My intent is to give you exposure and to pay forward the help that I have gotten down through the years in my craft and the things that I have done. So for $10 a month, whether I run 10 shows, 30 shows, or however many shows I run in that month, I will run your ad. Now, if for some reason I have to reschedule a show, either I have to go out of town or, or something, God forbid, happens and I have to reschedule a show, your ad travels with that show. So you will get 30 days regardless. And... It's so easy to do. Contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com. I'll tell you how to do both. I'll tell you how to get on the show, how to become a sponsor. If you forget the email address, contact me at my web at my Facebook page as well, and I will tell you. Now, I want to welcome a new sponsor to the show. These guys have been on the show. They were on the show right before Christmas, and it's called Dirt Road Sunset. They are literally, literally from the mountains of Pennsylvania. I mean, they are up in the mountains. It gets so bad up there that sometimes they don't get out before spring fall. But they have songs available to purchase on iTunes, Reverb Nation, Amazon, CD Baby. All the proceeds from the sales of their music goes to support breast cancer. The Children's Hospital, Disabled Americans, and CERT, Training of Canine Search and Rescue and Service Dogs. Now, ladies and gentlemen, these guys are phenomenal. They've been friends for over 40 years. There's four in the group, George, Sandy, Dave, and Ed. They really, really, really appreciate the support that their fans give them. So check them out on iTunes, Reverb Nation, Amazon, CD Baby, Dirt Road Sunset. They will be very, very grateful. As you all know, Diane Mote has been with me for over a year now. This she's she's phenomenal. She has a series of books out called the Sam Holden series and Sam is a vigilante. The third book in this series was released oh several months ago. And the name of the book is called Dog Bones, and it's about Sam's quest to avenge abused animal is now threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other. Will her double life be exposed? Will she be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? 
So check out Dog Bones by Diane Mode everywhere ebooks are sold. And if you haven't started the series yet, you might want to check out Dog Gone first. Now, my guest tonight has also been on the show before a couple of times, and she is also one of the biggest sponsors of this show. And I just absolutely adore her. And her newest book, and y'all all know her as J. Traveler Pelton, her newest book was released at the end of December. It's called The Importance of Family. So Traveler is back with all the political intrigue, hard science fiction, and adventures her fans have come to expect from her tales. In book eight of the Generations of the Oberlin Family Chronicles, Noah Violent Kai, Jasmine Scott, Gabriel Zanya, see I can't talk tonight. Noah Violent Kai, Zanya, Jasmine Scott, Gabriel, and Katerina and their families chase through the world, pitting their families' resources, intellect, and espionage network against the Brotherhood, erecting protective domes all over their safe houses and laboratories as they are labeled traitors, and the military is sent to take them into custody. As a planet's plant life dies from the sickened water, the mutations spread throughout the animal kingdom. The Oberlins are made the scapegoats for all the world's problems, and when Micah and Alexander are kidnapped, Noel has to call in help from all the worldwide family to bring them home. As a family worldwide retreat to the domes, they wonder if they will hold through military bombardment. Will the Earth survive, or has the destruction of the environment and the population plummet gone too far to recover? Will only the people of the domes make it to the next millennium? This book and all of Traveler's books are available on Amazon. Just type in J. Traveler Pelton and you will be taken to her page. Have a look, download, some for yourself to enjoy in those cold, dark, and long winter afternoons when you just want to stay in. Don't forget to leave a review. Reviews are so important in our line of work because they are always appreciated. You can also visit Traveler on her webpage, travelerpelton.com. And with that being said, let me just tell you a little bit about our guest tonight. Jay Traveler Pelton was born in West Virginia in the last century. I know, y'all go, what? The last century wasn't that far down the road. It was only 19 years ago. She was the nation's mother for her tribe, the Muncie, Delaware. She is wife to Dan of 47-plus years, mother of six adults, a grandmother of eight, a clinically licensed independent social worker, a retired professor of social work at her local university, and an avid reader. Being a cancer survivor, Traveler knows the feeling of needing to make her life count and is thankful for every day on this earth. She avidly studies science and technology, fascinated by the inventiveness of people. Traveler is quick to draw parallels in different fields and weave stories around them. She is a fabric artist, and her most enjoyable time is spent spinning yarn while spinning yarns for the grandkids. See how she works that? Being a fiber artist and a shepherd as well, she loves to spin, make quilts, raise alpacas on her mini farm. She is also a lay leader in her home church. Traveler loves to cook big meals for people and find ways to help folks having life struggles. Her farm, Springhaven Croft, that should be a great name for a book, is home to alpacas, dogs, Siamese cats, canaries, an eclectic group of chickens, and an irascible Amazon parrot named Gizmo Buddy. 
Her web page is travelerpelton.com. She also has a Facebook page called Traveler Pelton. So go visit her real soon. In the meantime, welcome, Traveler. I am so glad you're back. Hello, and I'm hoping that it's warmer in Florida. I'm sure it is than in Ohio. We are going to well, it's warmer than it is in Ohio, wild. but I have my heat on. Well, I don't blame you. I understand down there. I watched the uh, weather news, and and I look at the weather map, the shows of the nation, and you're down there in the 60s and 70s, and we're up yes. here in the single digits, up to 30 today. You know, and I'm sort of like. But then I have a buddy who lives in Alaska, and he said, you know, I got home from a, a trip to Bali, and I, I landed in Alaska, and it was minus 38. And this morning, I was 79. <laughs> and so he dropped 100 degrees in one day. He says the old body doesn't do this very well anymore. No, so, it, it, and the thing is that it throws the body into shock because oh, I've been in Florida for 12 yeah. years. I lived in Georgia all of my life. I was used mm-hmm. to, not used to, but I dealt with the the extremes in temperatures. It would one mm-hmm. one hour the sun would be out and it would be 70 degrees, and then two hours later it would be dropped down to 32, and snow would be falling and ice would be falling. I hated it. I thought, well, I'll move to Florida, and I'll stay warm most of the time, and my body won't hurt. Wrong. Yep, I know. I have a friend who said she was going to move to Arizona because she has fibromyalgia, and she said they don't have barometric pressure shifts, which kills all of us who have immune diseases like arthritis and rheumatism, as my grandpa called it, Uh fibromyalgia. The barometric pressure goes up and down. My kids tell me I have weather hands because the knuckles actually swell when the barometric pressure drops. Mine do, and too, and my head hurts. I'm going to, yes, head hurts like a dickens. And she said, I went to Arizona, and she said, not only do they not like RVs down there, because she's an avid RVer, but she said, it didn't work. I'm halfway up the mountain toward Payson, and I still react to the weather and i said well that's nice to know i won't move to arizona i'll stay right where i, I am. have no desire to move to arizona they have rattlesnakes the size of small houses i mean yeah. oh really oh well yeah, oh yeah no thank you she sent me pictures of these neat little quail that run in a straight line across her back patio which i thought was perfectly adorable but she's yeah you're right they probably have rattlesnakes come to think of it yeah i mean i just have to deal with alligators and in um <laughs> Um, snakes down here, but they're they're not the size of semi. No. They and they don't run in packs. So <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, I know. When we visited, we visited Florida once, and we were intrigued because we got up in the morning. And there were these cute little lizards that were crawling up the side of our tent, catching bugs. Mm-hmm. The kids wanted to bring them home. I said, No, they got they got to stay here. I don't know how to take care of little lizards. That I guess they have them all over the place down there. And they do. I said, well, that's, in fact, that's my a dog loves idea, to chase them. You know? Oh really? But, and uh, we also have iguanas. Oh, oh okay. I didn't Don't know ask me how we wound Florida. up with iguanas because iguanas are not they're, they're not conducive no. to Florida. Huh? They just showed up for goodness sakes. Well, well right. I guess at one uh, time we they were pets. Yeah, mm-hmm. one time they were pets, and and people let them mm-hmm. go for whatever reason. They got too big or they got too stupid to take mm-hmm. care of them. I don't know. But now, Florida in certain yeah, areas are overrun with iguanas. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Well, I understand. What is it? Is it Georgia that is overrun with Quaker parrots? Because somebody left oh, their Quaker parrot pets out, and now there's Quaker parrots, and they're tearing up the National Forest. And I have a friend who lives in Tama Tribal Town, which is in uh, southern Georgia, and she says they have trouble down there with the Quaker parrots. And I said, well, up here we're selling them for $300 a piece. It's 
ex- catch a bunch and export them up to Ohio because people have them for pets. But she says down there they got loose. Yeah. Wow. I did not so know that. That's a mess. Well, see, and also down here in the Everglades, we mm-hmm. have an overrun of of boa constrictors and pythons because people oh, get them man. as pets and then they uh-huh. get, forget how large they get. So then they turn them loose in the Everglades and they have no natural predators. So wow. they're screwing around with their ecosystem because they will even eat the alligators. Oh, my land. That is going to be a big snake. If you're, oh, my. I'm I mean, sitting here thinking, are 20, I can complain about long. coyotes. Yeah. <laughs> some of them are 20 or 30 coyotes. feet long. Oh, my. Well, I am, I am very glad you warned me. I shall not even think of going down near there, although I would like to go down and watch a rocket shoot off sometimes. I think that would be well, fun. Well, the Everglades are south of me, so, yeah, you'd be fine. Oh, okay. Be yeah, fine. you should, at one time in your life, you should come up and go to, to um, Coco and watch them shoot mm-hmm. off a, a launch because it is one of the most amazing sights you will ever see in your entire life. I bet it is. That would be marvelous. I'll have to look at that as one of our vacations here eventually. Danny and I are trying to plan those out. So how is well, everything if you going in podcast land? If you, well, that's good, but before we before we switch gears, if you decide okay. to come this way, let me know because I'm only an hour and a half south of oh. the launch site. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, that's cool. Yes, so, I would definitely but, do that. But Podcast Land is moving forward. We are, um, as you know, going into our third mm-hmm. year, and we continue to have wonderful people like you on our show, who, and y'all are heard all over the world, and it just it amazes me. At I can the, remember back in June you were saying there were 125,000 regular listeners, and now it's 200 and something, mm-hmm. I think you said in the intro. That's yep. amazing. Yep. Gross. Oh my goodness. Well, it's all because of y'all. Yeah. It's just because y'all share great. and you let people know and you send me people mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. we've oh, we're also we're also trying to get Pandora now has opened up their thing to podcast. So I have applied to Pandora oh. to put this show on their podcast. That would be marvelous. My kids listen to Pandora all the time. Great. So can you imagine? How neat that, that would be, be! Wonderful. That's all over the place. That will be such yeah. growth. Ah, you are branching out in all different directions between your paintings and your art section and the podcast running all over the place. I don't know. I know. When you I was left. Un- I was. I was left unsupervised, and that's what happens <laughs> when I'm left. <laughs> that's what's, It's not your fault. Somebody no, didn't pay attention. No, it's not your fault. Now, my le- my, my husband, God love him, left me unsupervised. So now look what happened. Mm-hmm. And then look what happens. I shall warn my husband. He thinks I have too many hobbies now and too many businesses and too many things going. But that's okay. Well, and and you, you, my dear, before the show we talked about the fact that you were going to branch out into oil painting. That is fabulous. Yes. I think that's going to be my next my next thing. I let the kids know. I have great kids. At Christmas, you know, they're saying, what do you want for Christmas, Mom? We all exchange ideas. I said, we know, I think I'm going to finally try oil painting. I'm going to try that sometime. And I, I looked at our local school, and there's an evening class starting in March. I said, I'll try some oil painting. I used to love to watch Bob Ross. Remember him? And he uh-huh. had trees and bushes, and it looked like fun. Never got around to it. And for Christmas, I got an easel, and I got a stack of canvases. I got several boxes of paints and gesso and tons of brushes. I'm looking at this. It's so cool. I don't dare touch it till March. It's killing me. 
it's awesome. Well, the thing is, the beautiful thing is, you can take your experience in art lessons and painting in oils and translate it into one of your books. That could possibly happen. I, I think I could probably, in fact, part of my storyboard is sitting here thought, thinking about a new mystery series that I'm considering doing about an artist. And I'm like, you know, I've got this storyboard. I try in the beginning of January, into December, I sit down and say, okay, what do I want to do? What are my goals for the next year in my writing and my different things that I do? And I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to uh, set up the kids' devotional that I've been working for a couple of years and the children's storybook parents to read to their kids stories that actually teach them something and they have fun with. And I want to finish the series I've got on the Oberlin clans, which is like, well, it's nine generations. Let me let me explain that. I've been working on this one for this last year, and there's nine books in the series, a set of three trilogies. And people ask me why I did it this way, because I'm a First Nations person, and we always look back seven generations and then forward uh-huh. seven generations and then we consider our generations. And so this book is written um, seven generations back, and then the present seven generations, and seven generations in the future. So I set it up as three trilogies, so I would cover 21 generations, which is how we look at things. And so uh, it's traditional storyteller style, because I'm a storyteller. So I'm like, okay, I have one more book to finish this series, and what am I doing next? And I just started listing all the ideas. And I'm like, okay, I can't possibly do all of these in one year. But I think I can do 12 more. If I can do 12 more this year, that would be good. So I've got a mystery series I want to start, another science fiction series, and then another section which is stories for parents to read their kids and an adult devotional to try to bring people a little closer to God. Because I think a lot of the problems we have in our country now is – People are confused about God, and uh-huh. because of it, their moral standards have shot out the window. They don't have a moral standard, and I think I talking agree. with people as I do, I get to, I try to find out what their worldview is, and they haven't got one. I mean, it's just scattered all over the map, and I'm like, you know, what is the principle of your life? What is the thing you live by? And some of them will try to part, quote back me part of the golden rule, and some of the others would like first do no harm like they think they're medical people or and I'm sitting here thinking they don't have the faintest clue of what it takes to make a happy life and as a as a uh, therapist and a, and a life coach type person I try to help them see that you've got to set some goals you've got to have a reason for your goals or you're not going to be happy you can chase happiness and you'll never catch it happiness comes through serving others happiness comes through having a knowledge of God and a knowledge of where you're going and then, then suddenly you'll look up and say, you know what? I'm happy. I'm content. I, and I'm would it also would it also be fair to say, traveler, that happiness comes from within oneself when one understands that all is not always going to be roses and lollipops and sugar-coated candy. That when oh. we have trials and tribulations, that teaches us to understand our happiness. Absolutely. Because if you don't have anything to compare it to, then you won't know when you're having good time and bad time. You'll be like a spoiled little two-year-old who wants the next thing is always saying, gimme, and the next thing doesn't help, and the next thing doesn't help. You have to have something to contrast it with. And so I think in this life, we 
come across things that challenge us. And if you can conquer the challenges, we come across crises. And if you can live through the crises, you'll get to the other side, a stronger person, and you'll say within yourself, hey, I did this. I conquered cancer. I conquered I conquered being afraid of speaking in public. I conquered being able to teach. I conquered being able to write and let people read what I wrote. You conquer things one at a time. At the time you're going through it, it feels like a huge crisis, and you get at the other side and said, guess what? It's finished, and I feel pretty good about it. That's great. I think I can do something like this again. And the next thing you know, your life is expanding. That's why I like to try different things. I like to experiment with things. I may be terrible at painting after I've done it. I'm going to use up at least all the canvases the kids gave me, and there's an awful stack of them. I'll get to the end of the canvas and say, okay, did I like this? Is this something I want to continue with? And then I'll, I'll decide then. But at least I'm going to try it. I think it'll be fun to try. Just like when I took stained glass and, and started making stained glass things. Absolutely loved that. And then ran out of places to put things. Now we've rehabbed a house. And I'm like, okay, I've got room to get my stained glass out. Until I start painting, I'm, I can do my stained glass. So it's sort of like different things, and they're all relaxing, and they're all fun, and they all teach me something. You learn lots of things from the things that you do for enjoyment, and you learn more from the things that hurt. Exactly. Does that make sense? And if we, yeah. don't, if we don't have that pain in mm-hmm. our life, we cannot grow. No. You, you stagnate. People that have everything given to them are never happy. Because nothing is a challenge and it's boring and they, they wander around through life looking for the next thrill and the next thrill isn't big enough. And eventually right. they self-destruct. They do. They self-destruct. I talk to the court here sends people over to me to counsel because they, they throw their hands up and say, we don't get it. And I said, okay, let me talk to them. And I talked to them and I'm like, yeah, I get it. They've never had an actual personal challenge. They've never, they've never had anybody tell them no. They've never had to have a rule that stuck. And because of that, they're miserable. They're absolutely and, miserable. And would it be fair to say that we are cheating our young people when we don't tell them no? We're cheating them of that experience of personal growth. I think we are. I I talk to people, young young folks who have kids. And, you know, it would make more sense if the good Lord had let us have our grandkids first. He didn't somehow. It didn't work that way because I know so much more about kids now than I did when I started with my poor first daughter. You know, she turned out great, incidentally. She's a great person. But, you know, I I was scared to death that I was going to do something wrong and destroy that child. And I, I actually didn't do such a bad job. But it's sort of like, boy, if I knew then what I know now, I would have changed this, 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 and this. And she'd have been a stronger person. So I tell parents, don't be afraid to say no. No is not a bad word. It's an instructive word. It helps them. And I, and I tell parents, give your child some responsibility. Uh, don't just buy them a dog and then you take care of it. I, I think that's the silliest thing in the world. Don't give them a lie to anything until they prove they can make their bed every day. You know, they've exactly. got to have responsibility, and you slowly move up to the family cat. You know, you, you don't expect them to start out with the living thing you start them with when they're little let's pick up our toys and put them away let's help mommy put your clothes away help mommy do this keep your child close to you and have them work with you and that child will grow up so much healthier 
but then there 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 are some who would say, but but you're being mean. You you want me to be mean to my child by making them be responsible? Well, that would be a big no. That is called mm-hmm. learning how to survive in the real world because when they get out there in the real world. A, they will have to be held responsible for their actions, and B, they will be told no on a day-to-day basis. Oh, everything is no in the real world. And we do our kids such a disservice when we do not teach them that they are responsible for themselves and the world is not going to be responsible for them. I I tell parents all the time, if you don't want to be in front of the juvenile court judge, then Teach your kid how to stay out of court. Teach your kid how to be responsible. Teach your kid to own up to his mistakes, and you're not going to be in juvenile court. Exactly. You know, I know you worked in that field for a while, and you've probably seen a lot more than this of this than I have, but I sometimes look at him and say, you know, if your mama had just taken you to the woodshed just once, Amen. you probably wouldn't have been here. But, you know. That sounds a little violent, I suppose, but then this is a grandmother who's raised six kids, and actually there's nine grandkids now, but that's all right. Um, like I said, we had an earlier, before everybody tuned in here, we were talking about, I got a new grandchild since so I talked to you last, and he's darling. He he really is. Of course, all my grandkids are darling. It's too bad we can't post pictures of the grandkids on the podcast. Oh, well, that's all right. <laughs> well, we can. You could have sent them to me. I had to put them in the slideshow. Oh. That's a thought. I could have done that. Next time I'm on, I'll have to send grandkid pictures for the slideshow. There you go. That'll work. Now, we're going to take a real quick break, and then when we come back, I want to talk about the Oberlins because they just keep growing and growing and growing and growing, and and they they keep getting into all kinds of trouble, and I want to know if they're ever going to get out of trouble. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, the wonderful, wonderful J. Traveler Pelton. I want to be her when I grow up. We will be (laughs) right back to talk about her books, the Oberlin series, and what she's got coming, and just how fantastic this woman is. So, y'all stay tuned, and we will return. Best-selling and award-winning author of true crime and crime fiction, Yvonne Mason is back with a brand-new book. The Pink Canary, a book that delves into the life of a drag queen and a marvelous whodunit. You can find this and all of Yvonne's other works on Amazon.com or find Yvonne Mason on Facebook and Twitter. You're gonna kill me. Buy your copy of Pink Canary now. Germany, 1938. Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Juliana is a middle-aged housewife in Toronto with a career, 
a husband that has little interest in her well-being, and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron, but the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. If you like spicy romances, don't miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married, but her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love. Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around the globe. What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a Caliente Spain and a romantic Italy, adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit QuinnWildlifeArt.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree. It's a hoot. And we are back. This is Yvonne Mason with Up the Chain with my guest, author J. Traveler Pelton, the author of the Oberlin series. And for those of you who have not been following Traveler, this series is amazing. It it just keeps growing. How did you come about this, Traveler? And where it going to go? Mm-hmm. Okay, as I said a little bit earlier, I started with seven generations from now backwards. So we went back to the Oberlin's Overland, which is the first book in the first series, which is um, the Path series. And that starts back around the time of just before the Civil War. And the next book in the series took us through about 1910 um, up to about... Um, 1980 or so that was terrorist traitors and spies and then from that one we went to rebooting the Overlands which is the next set of generations and after that we came to the infant conspiracy and from the infant conspiracy we went over to the obligation of being over Oberlin and and, um, the obligation of being Oberlin and then we went to protect one's own which is the one that came out in November and then the importance of family ties which is the one that came out in December 
So altogether there are eight right now, and the ninth one, I'm I'm on chapter 36 of it, and it's going to have 41 chapters. I've got it uh, blocked out, and everything is written up to 36, and I should get that one finished and then start editing it and give it over to Write Useful and help let them do the final edit. And I'll be publishing it, I hope, at the end of February. And that will finish the Overland series. But they're a Native American family, a Lenape family, that started back... Um, actually, the grandparent was kidnapped and taken to England um, before the 1700s, and they earned their, they were taken there, became indentured servants, and from that they were able to learn a trade. They earned enough money to take themselves back, and their daughter came back, ended up meeting Mr. Oberlin, the grandfather, and getting married to him and he was a secret serviceman. He was one of the first secret servicemen back when they were part of Pinkerton's. And so it's actually, it starts out historically, but they're also science fiction books because there's a bunch of hard science fiction. These are not the kind of tales where we've got War of the Worlds and Funny Little Green Men and stuff. This is hard science fiction that's based on the science we have now and scientific history. So when you start reading about the Gatling guns and stuff that were used they actually were used in that time because they did all the historical research to make sure it was the height of the science they had then. And the hard science fiction continues into the future. Right now, the present generation, um, which is the infant conspiracy, the things that came from the the book actually are things that I've heard talked about. I've, I used to drive a lot in my work visiting people, and I would listen to NPR, and I would listen to all these interviews with congressmen and senators that they're very famous for doing. And they, all these ideas that came out of there actually are things people in these professions had talked about. Wow. When it, I would take notes, and then I had all these notes. When I finally retired from working at Human Services as their therapist, I'd started my own therapy business and got out of the huge rat race of working for the government, I sat there and said, you know, now it's time to turn those cards into something. So I, I got them all lined up in order, and I said, okay, let's get these done. And I, I got the first book done, and I just said, this is really cool. I wonder what led up to this. I started looking at the history of the different inventions and say, okay, I'm going to put a whole family together. And that's what I ended up doing. And I made it a Lenape family because I, I know Lenape being Lenape. And I know a bit about all the stuff that's in all these books. Um I love science fiction myself, I love mysteries, and that's how come I'm writing this way, because these are the kind of things I enjoy reading, too. So it would be fair to say, and and most of us as, as authors already know this, but maybe some that read don't, it would be fair to say that you took everyday occurrences, like listening to NPR as you're traveling, mm-hmm. and the things that you learned from sometimes inane conversations became Mm -hmm. books because you paid attention to your environment around you. Yes, because I'm continually, uh, my husband laughs at me sometimes, I'm continually taking notes as I'm going places. Because the things that I I keep looking and saying, hey, that was an interesting thing he said. I I might use that somewhere. And as I'm continually popping these notes out, and I put them 
in different files, and I'm very old-fashioned. I don't have them on computer. I have them in files, and I, I will eventually probably computerize everything and make it so much more efficient, but I'm not that way, and <laughs> I'm not really. So it's like, okay, I'm going to take the idea the the one the one senator they were interviewing a representative and a senator and their idea of how to get out of the debt crisis in the United States was that anybody who had a certain amount of debt would have to sell everything they owned and work off their debt as a servant of the government usually working on farms or something until it was paid off and then the government would give them fifteen hundred dollars and a place to start and they'd start over and hopefully they did it better this time. That sounded okay. outrageous. Well, that was that was about eleven years ago in an NPR thing. I'd have to look back and find out which senator was saying that. But it was like, Wow, that is so far out. They would they would make debt slaves out of everybody who had like twenty five thousand dollars worth of credit card debt or something like that. I'm like, Oh, that'll Isn't never that fly. That's never going all to those years ago. And that one we fled I, England all those years ago? Well, I thought so. <laughs> I thought so. But it's like things like that will go go by, and I'm like, oh, that is just so strange. That can happen. And yet, logically, in the story, the infant conspiracy, it happens. And it, it comes along very logical progression of how this could actually happen if we don't wake up and stop it. And we're looking at the what's going on now. They're half shutting down the government, trying to make us safe because – they need a wall. And there are, the weird thing is there are parts of the wall already up. I know. And I'm sort of like, oh, my goodness, guys, we're adults here. Sit down and talk this out. We don't want to crash the economy to fix the country. And on the other hand, we got to fix the security. You can't just have anybody helter-skelter coming buzzling through. It doesn't work that way. No other country in the world I know of does that. I can't think well, of what I find that does that. I can do the research and find out, but... Hmm? What I what? find interesting is that when a group of politicians loses their base voters, then they go out and try to hustle more, and the way they hustle more is exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Is they, they create a crisis. Mm-hmm, and sometimes there isn't a crisis. And what was it my dad used to say, the economy is getting bad. We're going to have to have another war. And I asked him once, what on earth are you talking about? He says, every time the economy goes bad, they start a war someplace because that start, that makes jobs and yep. that takes care of a surplus population and yep. it, makes the, it makes the economy straighten up. And my dad was not an educated in the world's ideas, uh, in the world's schools, but he was a really smart man. And he said, this is what happens. And in his lifetime, he'd seen he was in World War II. His dad was in World War One. He had family in Korean conflict. He had kids in Vietnam. And he said, that's what always happens. Take a look. The economy was slowing down. we got to do something. They'll start a brush war somewhere. And he's right. And he says, and it's always over, it's always over oil. Or it's over, yep. And it's like, but we have oil. He said, that, that wasn't necessary to kill all those boys. But and, it doesn't matter. Well, not matter. just boys, it, girls too. But it, it's, it's economy. It's a, it's a, and it's a population control. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, an ends to a mean, a means to an end. And the end is vicious. I'm sorry. It, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till the good Lord comes back and takes us all away from this. But in the meantime, we've got to live here, 
And so I'm hoping people read these books and start thinking and say, you know, that could happen. And this is a logical progression of what could happen if we do this. And that's what I've tried to do in all of these books. Hey, if if we do this and they pass this, that'll make this happen. And it's and, not and the, crazy. And and there's unintended consequences when they don't think through things and when they oh, just yeah. they're more interested in getting votes and getting reelected mm-hmm. instead of the good of of the country and the people in it. And it mm-hmm. creates organized chaos. And that's what we're getting right now. And people are confused. I talk to them. They come in my office. They don't, they don't know if they're up or down. And they fall prey to anything. We don't mm-hmm. teach our kids to think. And because we don't teach them to think, they fall for anything. And that's terrible. Is, um, wasn't there a country song that went, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything? Oh, absolutely there was. I'm trying to remember who the artist was, but it was a good song. I remember that one. And, it, and, it's, and just, it's true. That's what's happening. It's it's very true. I still am asked to go talk to high schools and stuff about child abuse and other things that I've I've had to work with. And I am stunned. Some of the kids are so with it, and they really understand. And I'm I'm encouraged by those young people. But some of the other ones, there's not a lot going on upstairs because they've never been made to use their brains. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, when you get out of high school, honey, oh, you know, McDonald's is going to have trouble training you. <laughs> it's just, That's true. Oh, honey, you, you got true. you got to learn. you got to get up in the morning. you got to show up. you got to, you got to give it your best all day long, and then you come home and you relax a little bit. And you got to do that every day, and I don't think they have the slightest inkling, some of them. Oh well. Well, I don't know if you heard the new thing that these young people who have no sense of obligation, responsibility, or loyalty are doing, mm-hmm. but it's called ghosting, and it's where they're hired for a job and they never show up. So what they have done is they kick somebody else to the curb that might have been just as qualified simply because they were selfish. Yeah, right. I have heard of that. I have not seen some of that. I have to admit that at Human Services, we used to laugh a lot because there was this one man who, oh, it's been 20 years ago now, he came in and he was hired. He showed up until noon and then disappeared. But he would send us postcards from all the places he went. Oh and, and it's word. like for seven or eight years after, he says, hi, I will be back for my job, but I'm in, and it'd be Windsor, Canada, or it'd be Tallahassee, <laughs> and we would just put the postcards here. They'd show up like every three months, and they did for about five years, and it got to be a huge joke. We couldn't figure out what was going on, and, and we accused our supervisor of making this guy up, but, but then some of us who did there said, no, we saw him. He was here for half a day. I don't know what happened. How oh, we my scared him so bad half a day. But, it, and a, but we got postcards from that guy for years. It was so funny. And that's, well, that's that's not quite it, ghosting. That's just somebody kind of wimping out, I think. But it was funny. But but again, but nowadays, we're back to that lack of a moral compass. There is no moral compass, and that's why they think they can do these things and get away with them. And they, and they they all have these daydreams. They've they've all heard the stories of this guy invented this game, and now he's a multimillionaire. Or this guy, uh, he got on YouTube and he did these evening talks about 
games or whatever, told horrible jokes, and now he's a YouTube sensation. And I'm sort of like, yeah, I suppose so. I don't know how you make a living doing that, and I don't know how it's responsible, but I suppose it's another kind of business. I don't think everybody can do that, though. There's a limit to how many videos a person can work, you know, can watch. <laughs> I, I, I just don't get it. I like things where I have to think some. You know, I like you things and me where, both. I, where there's some kind of challenge to it, and I guess I was just raised that way. Um, I tried to raise my kids that way, and they they all seem to have turned out fine so far. So, keep my fingers crossed. Um, I I have I, I, to admit it's interesting some days. Well, I think that there there may still be a few of the younger generation that has a moral compass, though they're few there and far some. between. So, so maybe there's, there's hope for our it. future. I'm hoping there's enough to say this. I'm hoping that there are enough to become the statesmen, not the politicians of the future. Right. We there need you go. some people who actually look at our country differently, that actually say, okay, here's our problems. Here's how we fix them. Here's what we're going to have to do. And circling back to your Overland series, that's mm-hmm. that's sort of the theme of your books, is it not? That is, it is sort of the theme. It's it's science fiction, but it's also political, and it's a lot of of intrigue. A lot of there's actually in the last two books there's a lot of military because I see the military is coming into having possibly more power than it should and getting to be a problem in the future. Um, Between the science and the military and stuff, and trying to explain, in these books, the Oberlins are in front of the Senate uh, committees explaining themselves at least three times as to why they went after this particular shadowy government people that uh, caused a genetic virus that was killing off everybody. And said, this is why we did this. This is how come we did it. This is how we did it. And they're attacked um, for it. It ends up uh, in one of them, in one of the books, looking at it to protect one's own. The Oberlins themselves are accused of being traitors because they're actually clear thinking and they can see what this is doing to the future. And that's not acceptable thought at that point in our history. So well, God forbid that anybody should be clear thinking and have an uh, have their own thought process when we have people mm-hmm. in Washington telling us what we need to think. Yeah, and that's a scary thing because there's too much of that going on, and people can't sort out what's propaganda and what's truth. I mean, I had a, I had a person uh, a little while ago I was talking to, and he says, "Well, I know I'm not falling for propaganda because I watch more than one news show," <laughs> and I'm like. What? Okay. Yeah, that's what I did. I had to not laugh at them. I said, you listen to more than one news show. Yep. I take two newspapers. I listen to three different versions of the news. I'm getting the whole story. And I'm like, oh, honey, you're okay. not touching the surface of the whole story. It's so funny. Because what they're I'm, doing is they're trying. just putting a different spin on the same old story. But it's the exact same story. There was a really funny meme that went around that my son sent me in which it starts out with one, one one news person on a news show, and he's saying he's reporting a story. And then it splits into four screens, and they're all reporting it almost exactly word for word. And by the uh-huh. time the meme stops, it's like 45 seconds long, they've got 312 
different stations, and they're all saying the same thing. And he, this guy had gone into, and done some research and morphed them all together, and he says, see, they're all saying it all. The, and none of it's true because the actual truth of the facts is, <laughs> are these because here's eyewitnesses that were there, and when it was reported, something totally different happened. So it's because we don't have I, investigative I, uh, reporters anymore. We have mouthpieces. Well, we have people who have to sell their papers, as Grandpa uh-huh. used to say, and they have to sell their show. So they have to be photogenic and they have to say what they think will sell that and get you to watch their station. And it's 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 sad. It's really sad. It I, is sad. None of us are down in Washington. We can't walk the halls. At least I don't have time to do that, walk the halls, and actually listen to what these guys are saying. But these little sound lips they put on, I'm saying, do they know how stupid they sound? I, no. That's, they that's they silly. think that's they're smarter common. than the average bear. You know, and it's sort of like, no, that's not how life is down here. They're saying, well, these people, they are supporting me. And at the same time, this guy says, these people are supporting me. They're diametrically opposite. <laughs> they can't support both sides. No mind can be two different things. That's called split personality, and we give people drugs for that. You know, it's it's, right. it's there, just work that way. There, there's, a, there's a drug for that. Uh, there is a drug for that, yes, and pretty soon we're all going to be taking it. I don't know. It's just <laughs> very odd. And so I, I wish quick, it weren't before, that way. Before we run out of time, okay. are you going to try to get your um, – devotional book out this year yes i'm going to try to get it out before easter um Ooh, that would I be was, a good last thing year what i did as a giveaway is i wrote a 40-day devotional for lent and i gave it away for free i just said hey just write it to me and i'll i'll give you the link and you can read the 40 days of devotions for lent you know and and it was on christ our righteousness which i think is a huge theme all through the scriptures it, it was a lot of fun it was called big god little me well, this year I looked at it and I said, you know, I missed a lot of things. Oh, anything, anyone who reads the Bible knows you you can't get it all. <laughs> and right. I'm like, I've been writing these devotionals, and I'm like, I want to get this one out. And so I'm I'm pushing in the background. I'm learning to use dragon because I have arthritis in my hands. And uh-huh. it's it's comical because I'll talk to dragon. That's a, the word recognition software for those who don't know. And I'll look up there, and I will go back and look at it and say, that does not look like James 3.8. You missed a lot of words. <laughs> you know, I'll go back and correct the Bible verse. I'll go down and say, oh, no. And Dragon is gradually learning to understand how I talk. So hopefully that will help me speed up things. Well, before we run completely out of time, because we oh, are like right. three minutes out of the end of the show, can you believe it? Oh my! Yeah. Tell the I folks so. where your wonderful books can be found, where you can be found, and how they can get a hold of you. Okay, all my books are available on Amazon. You can either type in J Traveler Pelton, which is J as in his initial J period Traveler Pelton, and it'll pull up all of them. I have a, a page on there. I have a Facebook page that's also called Traveler Pelton. I have a web page that's TravelerPelton.com. You see a pattern here. Um, yeah, I'll get a little bit. A little bit of a pattern here. And um, you can order, if you want heart, uh, paperback books, you can order them through my webpage, and I'll be glad to autograph them if you're going to give them as a gift to somebody. Or you can just order them off Amazon. That's the easiest way. And, ladies and gentlemen, trust me when I say you want to get 
into this series of books. Even though I have not personally read them yet, I've done enough sponsor slots for her that as soon as I get time and start reading again, I've got so many books I haven't read yet. She is high on my list because this is one amazing woman. Nothing gets by her. I'm telling you, not a thing gets by her. And when she gets her um, devotional book out, we'll have her back on the show and maybe even read some of your devotions. How does that sound? Oh, that sounds like fun. That sounds like it would be really interesting. I think we would. It, I think it would work really well because I think that that the time has come that we need to get back to the roots of our moral compasses, and and understand that we're in charge of absolutely nothing. <laughs> yes, and the good Lord must. I I have a, a picture that a friend of mine gave me, and it is of a guardian angel with her hand on her forehead, shaking her head, and she says, this is what my guardian angel must look like most days. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, what have you done this time? <laughs> Trying to keep you out of trouble. And he says, she wonders what the good Lord thinks of us. I know he loves us. Yes. I, know, I know he cares but, for us. But, this, but, but this can he, he just shake head. his head? Does he shake his head and say, how did they get themselves into it this time? You so wonder. with that being said, She will come back, ladies and gentlemen, and don't hang up, but I do want to thank you, my dear, for coming again on the show once again. This hour flew by, as it it always does when we get together. I don't know where the time goes, but tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, and our guest will be author Amy Lyle. She has been on before, and she is coming back again, and remember... We are all on a journey, and when when we're out and about during our day, be kind to people. It, it doesn't take a whole lot to be kind. In fact, it takes less to be kind than it does to be ugly, and it takes a whole lot less energy to be kind than it does to be ugly because there are people out there that are really on a journey that is difficult. And remember this. If you want to achieve greatness, please don't ask for me. Nobody's going to give it to you. Just go out and do it. Teach your children how to be great. And I'm not talking about being a rocket scientist. So if that is where they want to go, encourage them. But if they, well, they want to be the local garbage cat, uh, collector, let them be that too because that's a great thing to be. Just teach them that they are already great. They don't have to ask anyone's permission. Encourage them. Keep them out of juvenile halls. <laughs> them out of, from in front of the judges. Teach them responsibility. Teach them self-worth. Because remember, ladies and gentlemen, they are our future, and we want them to be the best they can be. So with that being said, I want to, again, thank Traveler for being with us tonight. This is one amazing woman. I absolutely adore her. Check out her books at jtravelerpelton.com on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Join us again tomorrow night at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time when we once again greet everyone with Off the Chain. As you all know, it's unscripted. That's why we call it that. So this is your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, Jay Traveler Pelton, here at Off the Chain, and we want to wish all a good evening.
And the show is off the air, but everything we say, of course, will go up in the archive part of the show. But I did want to uh, let you know that once we get off here and it archives, I'll post it on my Mm -hmm. page and tag you and share it. Good. With everybody. Thank you so much. That'll be good. And then and then tomorrow I'll get it up on the other side. So I'm behind getting it up on the on getting the show up on other sites. Things have been really crazy around here. So I'll get everybody's show up. I'll tag everybody in it and you know, that is my gift to you to go out and and enjoy it and share it with your network and get them mm-hmm. to share it with their network and you know how that goes. Yes, it goes and it works beautifully for everyone. Thank you, my darling, and stay warm. You stay warm, too. Take care. I'll let you know how many inches we ended up with. All right, and tell your husband thank you for spending, an, for letting, you spend, not letting you, but for encouraging you to spend an hour with me. I appreciate him <laughs> and you taking Sometimes an hour out of I have to introduce you to him, too. He's Absolutely. So I can't he wait. He came home from prayer meeting in the middle of our t- thing and I put my fingers up to my lips he says oh okay tell her hi and, I, and he, he took <laughs> off to another room well tell him, by his thank, computer you. Now. Tell okay, him thank you tell him thank you very very much and when you get that book ready to launch let me know and we'll mm-hmm. get you on the show and launch it on the show that sounds good all right my all right. darling I will talk to you later thank you bye-bye good bye-bye